Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, March 9th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney. I hope your day is off to a great start. Let's go ahead and start the show by taking a look at what's new in industrial automation. And first up, we have a press release from Honeywell about some new uh, transmitters for condition monitoring. They're calling it their Versatilis line. And um, the press release goes through and explains this product. It's, it's what you would think from condition monitoring. And if we go over to the product page here and down to the video here, right around the HD mark, you can see what the product line looks like. And if you're a Honeywell customer and you're interested in it, check it out. From there, we go over to a press release from Aviva. And they're talking about how they're making their entire portfolio available through uh, subscriptions through Aviva Flex. Now, I can see how this makes a lot of sense if you're an engineering firm and you hire a new person and instead of buying them the whole suite of Aviva products, you can just get them a subscription, right? But if you're an end user and you're doing a capital project anyways, where you have to buy networking, maybe PLCs, uh, PCs, and licenses, the delta there, the impact on the project from going to a subscription is going to be minimal, but you're going to have a much higher uh, you know, rate to pay every year for maintenance, right? So um, I don't know if they're going to get, they're predicting they make it up to 80% of their customers move over to the Flex service. I don't know if they're going to get there. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So feel free to comment at, in our community at automation.locals.com or at the automation blog. From there, we go over to a new product from Banner. Now this is a sealed on-off and dimming light switch. So, um, you know, we've talked about their lights previous in previous shows. And uh, the thing I liked about this is, okay, so it's green if it's on, it's red if it's off but you can also dim it and it has blue indication. And uh, you can use it both with your bare hand, but you can also use it with gloved hands. So I think that's pretty awesome. It seems like a great product and I wanted to share it with you this morning. And from there, we'll go over to a new article on the Opto22 blog. And this is about commissioning Groove Epic devices. But the cool thing here is, I mean, it looks, we don't have any grooves here, but it looks like they do a good job running you through all the basics. But the interesting thing here is they offer a free course on this. And so just to see how fast I could get into the course, I, I went through the motions and I was in it within 30 seconds. So if you are using Opto22, I highly recommend you check out their free courses. They're very easy to get into, signed up for, and uh, start taking. From there, we'll go over to a new article from the ISA. This is about uh, Wi-Fi 6 and products from R3 Solutions. So these are designed for, you know, it could be for your robots, could be for your AGVs or your AMRs, but it also could be for um, replacing field buses. So it's very interesting technology. We actually have a, another uh, networking technology coming on the podcast, may release next week, Cortigo. And they have a very, very interesting product line that's uh, wireless IO link. And it's extremely fast, five milliseconds. So um, that's another option you can take a look at. From there, we have another article from Grace, their midweek article. And this one talks about, you know, lockout, tagout in the world of water, wastewater, and mining, and the challenges that those industries face because of the water and uh, condensation. And of course, in mining, we have, you know, we have to worry about explosions and gas and all that. So uh, in any case, of course, with everyone in their blogs, we get a new Bernie and Les uh, comic strip, which is always fun to read. And uh, I thought, even though they've written other articles on this product line before, the Checkvolt product, um, I thought this was interesting, uh, and uh, you know, especially the focus on mining and water wastewater. So from there, we go over to a new article from DigiKey. Now they produce articles every week, 
A lot of them are for, you know, targeted towards electronics manufacturers. But this is another one of the articles which I thought also crosses over into industrial automation. And this one's all about monitoring material levels in tanks. So if you have anybody new on your staff who hasn't really got into sensors yet and uh, tank monitoring, um, I think they do a great job going through here and talking about capacitive sensors. They talk about ultrasonic sensors and they even talk about uh, other sensors. They talk about the housing. They talk about different materials, IP ratings. So a great little beginner article on uh, level sensing in tanks. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. Uh, from there, we go over to our product spotlight. Today, I'm spotlighting my video collection. This is all my Automation Minute and show videos from uh, 2013 all the way through 2020. That's over 280 videos and over 29 hours of video content. And I think this is great, especially the $35 version that comes on a USB stick because um, you can just stick this into your server and, and watch it on your, you know, your tablet, watch them on your uh, phone or watch them on your remote laptop. And uh, you don't have to worry about being connected to YouTube or any of the other services. And of course, there's no ads when you uh, have it on USB stick. Um, the other option is digital downloads. I know a lot of people like to go digital these days. And so we teamed up with a provider that will let us sell the entire collection of 287 videos. You get lifetime streaming and lifetime downloads when you buy it there and it's just $30. So um, check that out. If you want to support the show, you appreciate the work we're doing here. This is one way you can support us. And I want to thank everybody who's already purchased a copy to support us. Really appreciate it. From there, we go over to our publication crawl, and we found a lot of publications today, actually more than normal. Uh, first up is a new programming manual on the PowerFlex 6000T VFDs. So if you're using the 6000T, you may want to grab a copy of this. We also have an, a, a manual, which I thought I was going to be very excited about. Um, it's about setting up the Micro 800 controllers for implicit Class 1 Communications 2.0. So in other words, using Pony.io as Remote.io for Micro 800s. And I thought, wow, this is going to be great. And that manual is extremely well done. But as I was going through it, I was thinking, should I teach a lesson on this to my students? You know, I, I just came to the conclusion that if this was me, I would spend an extra 600 bucks and get a Compact Logics because, you know, all right, so maybe I can get this done in three or four hours, right? But um, who's going to support it? Who's going to troubleshoot it, right? So unless you're a high volume OEM and you need to do some distributed IO with your Micro 800 and that $600 per machine is going to be, uh, you know, overkill. Um, or, you know, if you have no budget and you're trying to, you know, whip something together in the field, you know, I can see both those case, uh, cases to have this. And I'm glad Rock will put this together. It's always good to have these options available to you, right? But if I'm designing a new system, does $600 really break the bank to go from Micro 800 to a compact logics like an L1, right? So I can save the custom code and just right click. I would go with the extra $600. Now, yes, you would have to buy the software, but the compact logic software, I think it's $300 a year to lease it from Rockwell, right? With the subscription service. So, um, you know, there's different, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. There's different, you know, pros and cons of going either way, but I thought they did a great job on the manual and I'm glad to have this as a, a tool in my tool chest in case I ever need it. So from there, we'll go over to a new catalog from Schneider. This is on the Modicon TM3 Distributed I.O. So they really cover in this catalog, they cover all the different options out there. And uh, it's good to have an updated catalog. If you're using Modicon, you may want to grab a copy of this. And they also had a couple other documents. They had one all about robotics. 
So they go through you know, like all the basics of robotics and different uh, different uh, applications for them. And then they kind of go through the different types of robotic uh, solutions they offer as well. And there was one other here I thought was interesting. If you're doing anything with generators, then uh, they have a, a control panel guide that will help you pick out the circuit breakers and transfer switches. So I thought that was interesting as well. Now, uh, we did find one manual over at Emerson today. This is on their FBX station control application. So new users manual on that. From there, I wanna go over to our uh, what's new audio video file. And today we're featuring our um, podcast from yesterday afternoon. We sat down with Diane Davis from Red Lion to talk about their new gigabit ethernet managed switches. And uh, this is a line of Entron switches, the NT5000 line. And Diane really goes through it in great detail and explains why they designed it the way it was and how the interface is set up. And it looks really easy to use. In fact, they sponsored the show. So you'll see links right to the product pages in the uh, product description, in the video description. And you'll also see it ad-free on YouTube. And um, they're also sent in a sample for me to play with too. So in the coming weeks, I'll uh, get it open. We'll do an unboxing video and we'll plug it in and see if it's as easy to set up as it looks like it is. So I um, just want to thank uh, the folks over at Red Lion for sponsoring the podcast. It really helps fund about a third of the cost it takes to actually produce the show. So it's very much appreciated. And from there, we go over today's tech tip. Now, I was going to do this as a Q&A, but by the time I got done preparing for it, I'm like, yeah, this is more of a tech tip. So it started as a Q&A because I saw somebody post in one of the forums I follow that uh, they wanted to make a factory talk view log to a text file. So not sure why you'd want to do that. I mean, we used to do this a lot. I mean, a lot back in the RSV32 days. And the questioner was asking about maybe using VBA. And we used to do a ton of that back in the day. Matter of fact, I had a whole, like a seven part course I used to teach just on reporting with RSView. Everything from the built-in utilities that come with it to using VBA to create gorgeous reports, to using a product which can actually be supported from uh, uh, SciTech, their Excel uh, reporter product, which I think is a great product. I've known those guys for 20 years. Actually, I'm hoping to get them on the our uh, automation product and technology show in the future. I know they have a busy schedule coming up in the next few weeks. But in any case, so so um, you know that is something we used to do a lot of. But when Factory Talk View came out, we didn't do it so much. So let's actually take a look at this. Let me see if I can Alt-Tab over to my VMware image. And um, let's talk about the options here. Now, if you want to do data logging with Factory Talk View, you want to use the data log, okay? That's built a built-in feature, right? And you can see it here, and we can either log to a database via ODBC or log to a proprietary file set. Now, back with View32, we could do DBFs, which is kind of an open database format. But here in VUSC, they do a uh, their own proprietary file set, which is fine. And if you're using the data log, you can use any of the tools available for the data log to uh, get your data and visualize it, right? So if you go into ODBC, maybe you go into SQL Server, you can use all those tools that come with SQL Server. Or if you go into MySQL, there's tools for that. And um, if you go into the file set, there's actually a free utility that uh, gets installed when you install Factory Talk View. And that is what they call their Factory Talk View File Viewer. And if we do File Open, and this is where I have to put my glasses on, um, you can see down here, that uh, it'll open up the SE data log files, the DAT files, the proprietary files. It'll open ME log files. It'll open LOM files. It'll open uh, the old DBase files I was talking about and recipe files. So if you didn't need to automate the actual reporting side, right, um, you can just use this free utility 
to extract the data you want and save it as a CSV file uh, whenever you needed to, right? Now, if you want to automate it, yeah, you could use VBA, right? So here I have a numeric display. I got to go into system second, but I'd probably use system minute if I was going to use VBA. And what I do is just right click on it, go to VBA code, and we can see uh, here it's the change event, right? So I could put some code in here and say, you know, you know, add data to this text file. And, uh, you know, every time the value of this numeric display changes. Now, if I did that, a couple things. First of all, this isn't great for a client server because this VBA code lives on the client display. Now, the person in question, they had a standalone station or a network station, so it wasn't a client server system. So, I mean, with a client server, you wouldn't want these data logs on every client, or maybe you would, who knows? But um, the, the problem with doing this is just supporting it, right? Like if you own the system and you're going to be there forever, then no problem. But if you have to turn this over to somebody else, they probably don't know VBA, right? So that's a problem. And that's why back in the View 32 days, I stopped teaching people how to use VBA because I ended up owning their VBA support, right? And that's not something I was paid to do. So in any case, um, VBA is definitely an option, okay? But let's, uh, let's look at another option, much better option. Right, and that's the ME Data Store Plus ActiveX. I mean, this ActiveX is designed to data log the CSV files, which are text files with commas in them, right? And, um, you know, it's all set up to be just like the data log, but logged to a CSV file. And I know it says ME in the name, but this ActiveX is just an ActiveX. It works in SE as well as ME, okay? So in any case, I would probably do that. If I had to do something automated, writing to a text file, I would use the ME. Uh, data store ActiveX, if it had to be done all, all the time. If I, I just needed ad hoc, I would use the data log and then use that other utility to read the value of the files whenever I needed to extract the data. That said, um, you know, I don't want to discount products like SciTech Excel Reporter. It can read directly to the data logs, right? If you want really pretty good looking reports based on Excel, something that most of us know how to use very well, then uh, you get that product there. But uh, there's one other option that came out recently with later versions of VueSC. Of course, a lot of people from the View 32 days, they were like, man, uh, I really miss server-side VBA scripting. And so recently, Rockwell added into uh, the later versions of, I'm, this is version 13, I think I'm running here. And um, yes, we can see that right here, version 13. And down here, you can see, they added some scripting, right? So they added this thing called scripts up here. It's based on PowerShell scripting. And um, it does have access to your HMI tags. So if it's all HMI tags, then um, you know you can have HMI tags talk to real world tags. And then this can interface with your HMI tags. And uh, you know, have I done data logging with Power, uh, PowerShell? No. <laughs> have I even used PowerShell scripting in Factory Talk View? No, I haven't had time to do that. But it's definitely an option. It may be the best option if um, uh, definitely probably a better option than doing VBA, but um, I'll leave that up to you to decide. So we have several different options. Number one, Factory Talk View is designed to data log using the data log models, okay? That's the feature built in to record data. You can actually have 20 different data logs, I believe running at a time, going to 20 different databases, right? Or 20 different tables in one database or however you wanna mix that up. So it's really designed and tested the log data using that, right? And so you have a free utility to get to that data, or you could use a product like Excel Reporter and get to that data and create some beautiful reports, okay? Now, that is designed to work with all flavors of view, whether it's client server or whether it's um, a standalone runtime, right? Um, 
if you if you wanted to do something that logs directly to a text file like a csv file then you could do vba but why not just use the me data store plus activex right it kind of does everything you're still going to have to leave a screen open all the time to be able to do it so just use that activex it's free it works in se as well as working in me and it's fully documented and it's point and click right um but again, you also have the option of using in later versions of Factory Talk View, you know, if you have the later versions, right? If you're not stuck on an older version, you also have the uh, op option to use the, um, the new scripting language based on PowerShell and give that a go. Again, I haven't used that, but um, being able to read and write to the tags, well, I'm assuming PowerShell can also create text files just like VBA. So in any case, those are some options there. I wanted to kind of walk through that all and just give you a tech tip on what you are, your options are for reporting and collecting data in Factory Talk View SE. And with that, let's go on with the rest of the news for today. So let me see if I can alt tab back over and uh, you'll see that the manual fully documents um, data logging and using data logs in Factory Talk View SE. You can also find information about that Factory Talk uh, file viewer up on the knowledge base. It does not come inside of Factory Talk View. It's actually under the start menu. So you have to go to start menu to find it, but uh, there's a free tech note that talks all about that. And of course, um, this is just a tech note from uh, SciTech talking about how their Excel reporter can access Factory Talk of USC data logs. I think, like I've been working with these guys for over 20 years, just a great company. And I believe, yeah, this is dated 2022, so it's been updated, but they've, been, they've had this ability for many, many years. So, um, and they just create beautiful reports. So from there, um, there's also information about scripts in the Factory Talk View SE manual, but what they're, they're really uh, asking you to go check out the help file. There's examples in there. So um, there's not much in the manual, just this one page. Okay, from here, we'd like to go to our community corner and stop by wishing you a happy birthday if today is your birthday. I hope you have a great day. I hope you get to spend some time with family and friends. And uh, if you're connected with me on LinkedIn and have the birthday in your profile, then you'll show up in my connection birthday list. And I want to wish all my connections a very personal happy birthday, including Blair, Nilish, uh, Murtaza, Amir, Carlos, Angoa, Melvin, Vasari, Michael, Wayne, Stu, hey Stu, um, Nayeli, Stephen, Greg, Mark, Roger, and Roger's the last one. So quite a few birthdays today. Happy birthday, everyone. Hope you have a great day. Um, from there, let's go over to our community. I really appreciate when people post their questions here. You can get full, you can follow for free, but you get full access starting at the price of one cup of coffee a month. And that's full access. So you can post, you can answer questions, you can ask questions, you can send me questions via message here. And I really prefer this over email. I know some people sign up here and then they send me emails. Uh, it, very often your emails will get lost because I'm working with so many different vendors to get them on the show and uh, to work with them as sponsors. So um, email is not the best way to get in touch with me. As a matter of fact, I try to avoid doing Q&A over email just because it's so hectic when I'm on email trying to organize things with vendors. I Usually questions uh, fall through the cracks. So in any case, if you're not a student and enrolled in one of my courses, this is the best way to get in touch with me. From there, if you have any feedback about the show, if you think I missed a, a news story, please use this form here. Also, if you want to give us feedback about the Automation Podcast, maybe you want to see a new vendor highlighted or a new product highlighted, please send us the feedback. You can use this form right here. And uh, also, if you're talking to your vendors, please encourage them to sponsor our show so we can bring you more free automation news and product how-tos. 
And with that, just keep in mind, if you ever want to find one of the stories we cover, every single one, I think this is, I think actually this is episode 48. Um, every single episode is up here. So there's 48 entries up here at automate.news. Okay. It's not automate.news.com. It's automate.news. And uh, every single link to every story we ever covered is here. Again, once we get some sponsors, we want to do some great stuff up here and some, you know, have a calendar. I have like searching by tags and whatnot. But in any case, right now, you'll just find all the links here going all the way back to our very first show of the year back on January 3rd. And um, it's just a great resource to find just the links. If you're looking just for links, this usually comes out at eight o'clock in the morning, right as I'm getting ready to do the rehearsal for the show. So it usually takes uh, 25 to 35 minutes to go through the rehearsal and make sure I'm not going to stumble too much over my words. And um, so uh, feel free to check that out. And of course, if you click on the show link there, it brings you to automate that show, which takes you over to the automation blog. And uh, you'll find every automation show episode there as well. And what's different here is instead of just being links, I do write a skinny article kind of explaining each story I'm covering. I try to include a picture. I include a link to the article. And uh, I also include an ad-free video with the uh, closed captions. So if you want to uh, just uh, listen to the show and, uh, you know, maybe even watch, just read the closed captions, you can do that here. Also, you'll find the podcast version, the audio-only edition of the show and all the destinations it goes out to. From there, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to spend a little bit with me talking about what's new in industrial automation. And I want to wish you a very healthy, a very safe, and a very happy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.